We're back with Freedom University, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to ask you to talk about the New Yorker article and your response to it. I was going to hold my tongue to it because I just had a lot of um, negative things to say. You, you, you'd think we'd be grateful to be featured in this sort of big article, but it was... It just didn't sit right with me, um, so I'm glad Emiko talked about it because um, now I, I'm able, I feel like I'm able to open up about it. I just, for me there was just a lot of inconsistencies, um, even like the history of Freeman University um, and the contributions that Emiko brought to Freeman University were sort of erased and blurred almost. Like when they talk about all like the border studies and identity classes, like it, it kind of sounds like they started off before Emiko was there, but they started off after Emiko was there. And she sort of brought that structure to us. Um, and the article talks about how she contributed yoga and meditation. Yes, but she added so much more. She added the arts, she added um, historical background of being undocumented. Um, and just social movement history and it just I felt really hurt how it was it was just written without accuracy and even if like she did add yoga and meditation it was for our own mental health a lot of students had been talking about dealing with depression and anxiety um, and ha using these as coping mechanisms to be able to deal with their everyday life and there's a reason for that it's just I wasn't very happy with the article um, towards the end like the, I really like the story of Melissa and Ashley because they're friends of mine and I feel like their story is really important and um, impactful and powerful mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that Thank you, yeah. Okay, Rafa, do um, you want to respond? Of course. Um, I think I think a lot of what Arisbeth said is, is very true. Um, something inside of what she said is is that it, it hurts to to see someone tell a story that's not the truth or, or not the full truth or maybe their their skewed perspective. Um, I think as a journalist, uh, this man could have done a much better job of... Uh, maybe doing a little bit more research, you know, not coming down for two days and, and thinking that that's all there is to Freedom University. Um, I I can't speak much for the history because I, I am relatively a new student at Freedom University, um, but I will say that from the history that I have learned at Freedom University, um, the story uh, that he told on The New Yorker is... Um, is inaccurate to is the best way the nicest way I can put it um, without you know calling it a bunch of lies um, but but beyond that um, I think just as an undocumented student um, I think I mentioned earlier um, or or, or I, I just I, I wanted to mention that um, like it, it, it feels almost as if our voices have been stolen from us, you know, um, that we have 
opinions or or we or we think certain ways and, and then somebody came in and wrote over that with their own um, with their own ideas or, or their own uh, projections uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's unfair to say that um, there's a disconnect or a divide in Freedom University between uh, documented and undocumented people um, mm-hmm. mainly because as undocumented people you know we, we deal with the reality of what it what it feels like to be excluded because of our uh, status um, and and so we would never never do something like that to somebody else you know exclude someone from from our groups or from our activities because they're undocumented we work very closely with allies of all communities um, you know students at Georgia State UGA Georgia Tech and, and they're they're all documented um, we work with with other organizations that are that have nothing to do with immigrants you know and 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 everyone's either a citizen or a resident and and we don't hold that against our allies or our friends Uh, it's just not something that we do and so to say that that's a divide that exists inside freedom university is just a blatant lie honestly um and i think if if you're going to take this responsibility on yourself as a reporter to tell a story um you should take on that responsibility and and tell the real story the full story um and not just a version of events that seems um that sounds good or that will sell your paper to someone you know maybe you you want to make these connections between um between uh the the white uh, teachers during freedom summer and and our teachers nowadays but um I think you chose the wrong person to make those connections to. I think if there's anyone here that um, that has anything to do with these white students coming down f- from the north, <laughs> it's it's the writer himself. And so um, I think in in writing over Emiko's story, um, he kind of perpetuated the the erasure of women's contributions to so many movements, you know, and uh, and that's just unfair to everyone involved especially the undocumented students. Yes. Well, Ben, let me ask, uh, how is Freedom University Georgia redefining freedom in, in this particular historical moment? You know, I think something that has tended to happen a lot is that when things like this happen uh, in history, it's often let slide. Um, people ignore it or they say, hey, you know, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make it seem like it's all about me or, or to center the movement around myself. Um, you know, if I'm erased, then then that's just me, you know, all for the better of, of the movement. Um, but I think when you do that, you're, you're allowing something to happen that is, um, is negative. You know, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts our community. It hurts women. It hurts, um, it hurts everyone involved. Uh, and so I think being able to counter the the false stories told is is definitely something that I, I consider grants us freedom. Yeah. For me, it was... Um, I lost my train of thought, sorry. It's okay, take a minute. Mm-hmm. Could you repeat what you said the last bit? Like it sparked something and then... Oh, sorry. Um, I was talking about 
the oh. erasure. Okay, okay. Erasure. sorry, <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> have to say. Um, to me, Emiko already stands in the background and tries to stay out of the way as much as possible, mm-hmm. and so to bring her to the front as an issue was something that is just completely not true. Like she wants credit for nothing mm-hmm. um, because that's with some people so our roles sometimes people are at the forefront sometimes people are in the background and she wants absolutely no credit for anything yeah. and for him to say that she's like the administration and has control over us and that we resent her and she's not com- completely not true at all mm-hmm. but also that I lost my train of thought It's okay, that part we're going to edit <coughs> to make, <laughs> to make it Earth best and talk come together. Okay. Um, okay, I got it. It hurts? No. I feel a little sad that the New Yorker... It's okay. I can start over. <laughs> it's okay. Uh... I feel a little sad that we were congratulated over being in the New Yorker Mm -hmm. and then having read it myself and not feeling good about it. It's like, congratulations, you're in this big newspaper and it's not told right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you made the big time. Yeah. But without whole truths of plural of the story exactly yeah. and this is going to go down in history like when people look up Freeman University this is something that they're going to find and it's something that they're going to find in like archives and stuff and it's just like mm-hmm. this big name with this big article and I think like even us ourselves how are we going to counteract that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then I think Another big thing that uh, Arisbeth spoke about um, is how people get the sense that we should be thankful or grateful that um, we were featured in the New Yorker. But honestly, um, I think I can say that I'd rather someone not tell my story than tell a lie about me. You know, and it's like it's like telling a, a group of people who have been colonized that you should be grateful to your colonizers mm. for yeah. bringing. Civilization. Civilization to you when mm-hmm. we were just fine before you got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the response begins here, hopefully. Exactly. Yeah, another reason for the book. <laughs> okay, thank you for that response. Fun fact about the monarch butterfly like most insects, Monarchs have six legs. This is what distinguishes them from other, less noble bugs and critters. Unlike most insects, the monarch's two front legs are vestigial. This is to say that the monarch is nature's living metaphor for generosity. She has an extra set of arms as if to show the world how willing she is to give, yet vestigial, to prove how incapable she is of taking even the credit for her pollinating. All the while, the farmer, believing it is his green thumb that has sprouted such bountiful harvest, I watch as she gives her life for those she loves. 
Not like Jesus Christ on a cross, dead three days and later resurrected. No, she dies daily, gives of herself freely, surrenders her time willingly, and from her work, these flowers grow. Thank you. Ooh.